1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Hello, hello. Happy Friday. I am super pumped about today's episode. She is super informative and educational and talking about something that I know a lot of this Freckled Foodie family cares about, hormones something I care about as I am experiencing a massive influx of them pregnant and really just being mind blown of how they can control our body and just everything involved as I go through the many symptoms of pregnancy. Um, But it's something I even cared about beforehand. As you guys know, I struggled After going off birth control, after being on it for 12 years, I didn't get my period for a year. I got it. Then I was told potentially we were going to have to do IVF. Then we got pregnant kind of out of nowhere. So it's just so interesting to me. And I think this conversation will be incredibly informative for this community. So we are about to speak with Candice Birch. She is the founder of Your Hormone Balance and is a hormone health educator. She is a journalist and women's health advocate. She has a master's degree in health education and focuses on endocrinology and hormonal health. Um, she used to work at a premier hormone testing agency, post after graduating from school and that's kind of where she first got introduced to all of this and now she basically helps you test your hormones through a saliva kit go through the results and then help you with an action plan to get everything back in balance if it is not in balance already so you can head to the website that's linked in the show notes take the quiz to see if you should take the saliva test and then you would eventually work with her once you get your results. I am so interested in doing the stressed hormone test with her, but obviously it wouldn't make sense while I'm pregnant because my hormones will just be through the roof. Um, But once I have given birth to the child and have finished whatever my breastfeeding journey looks like. I will be doing this first thing. So definitely check out all of her social channels. She also is a host of a podcast for anyone listening who is potentially older and going through or is about to go through menopause. I think that would be incredibly helpful. Overall, very informative episode. If you guys are interested in doing the kit to test your hormonal balance, you can use code Freckled Foodie for $100 off. Again, that'll all be linked in the show notes. Also, I realize that there are a few audio glitches in this episode, but you guys, it is 2020. We are making do with what we have. I obviously wish that I was back in our recording studio and recording in-person interviews, but we are not. So I appreciate you understanding and bearing with us. It's not that big of a deal. The episode is still incredible. I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. Without further ado, here is Candace Birch. Hey, friends. Happy Friday. I know this episode is one that you guys are going to love. I am very excited to welcome Candace Birch, MA hormone health educator and the founder of Your Hormone Balance. Welcome, Candace. Hey, thank you for having me, Cameron. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. I'm very excited, and I so appreciate. We have had this scheduled for a while, and the day we were supposed to interview a few weeks back, speaking of hormones, I just had a horrendous pregnancy symptom day, and I was like, I am so sorry. I can't get out of bed today. We have to reschedule.
0: So thank you for bearing with me. Of course. I'm, I've been there, been there, done that twice, so you have <laughs> my full empathy <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get better. It's, it's, it's like, going to get better. You're going to feel great. You're so going to start cruising. Keeps telling me. You will be cruising. Everyone keeps soon. saying that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah,
1: I'm like, okay, am I am I finally there? I think it's happening. And then I'll have like a setback day. I'm like, oh, God, when, when will that point come? Mm-hmm. But I keep reminding myself it will come. And I keep telling, you know, a lot of my community actually when I – announced that I was pregnant. So many people are in their first trimester that sent me DMs, like, I just found out I was pregnant. I'm having such a hard time. So I really think a lot of my community is going through it as well. And I keep reminding them, like, I keep telling myself, people keep telling me, like, I swear it will get better.
0: Yeah, well, it gets so good that, you're, that you just feel radiant and wonderful, especially in that, in that last third, the third trimester, that's, that's a really good time. When your baby is floating, swimming in a sea of hormones and you're swimming in a sea of hormones and you're just at your your peak abundance of femalehood. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> the protectorate of the for species. That that's you, the protectorate of the species. <laughs> that's us. We have to take care of ourselves. <laughs> Honestly,
1: one thing that I'm really, really coming out of this whole experience is that women are freaking superheroes. The fact that I'm like, creating something inside of me that will then be a living individual is not lost on me. I think about it all the time. And I have Uh so much respect for, I mean, all women out there, but I have so much respect for people who've gone through this, gone through this multiple times, gone through this with other kids and intense jobs. So to kick things off, how would you define success?
0: You know, I, I, when I think about success, you know, there are things like successful outcomes, like a healthy pregnancy, a happy, healthy baby, that's success. Um, success, what it is not, I don't think is fame or fortune in so much as it is for me, just waking up every morning excited for the day, feeling good in myself, feeling good. I think it's about feeling good about yourself, knowing who you are knowing what you want and going for it having the energy to, to get there and finding solutions to your problems, um, setting goals and having the outcome that you want, but mostly living in sync with yourself, with your hormones, with your relationships, your work, just that's success.
1: I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think it's taken me a lot of time to get there, especially when like this industry does, in some sense value of course the fame and fortune of everything and how many followers do you have and all that so it's been really a focus of mine to kind of disassociate that from my thought process of am i being am i successful am i proud of what i'm doing you know it's way more than the numbers and i am super interested specifically in all things hormones because For people who have been listening to my show, they know this, but I was on some form of birth control from the ages of 15 to 27. And I took out my IUD at 27, right after we got married. And it took me a full year to bleed whatsoever. And after Uh nothing at all, I finally got my period, which I was told, you know, my gyna, who I absolutely love, was like, you know, we could take out your ID. And I would say it'll probably take three months. Like, if not, we'll like look into it. And of course, it took me a full year. And when I shared that, so many people have experienced the same thing. And I do fear, to be totally honest, not that I have like scientific backing of this, but I fear for my generation a bit because we were all the first kind of young people to be on birth control for so long. And so then I finally got my period and I had it for a full year. And right before my husband and I were about to start trying, I did a just like pretty standard general blood test um, with my gyno and my AMH came back technically infertile. And that was, you know, then I saw a fertility specialist and they really were pushing IVF. And I was like, I haven't even started trying. This just seems so like crazy to go zero to a hundred this quickly and also very expensive. Um, And then we we ended up getting pregnant without actually trying that same month. So it was such a wild turn of events for me to just honestly comprehend. I was so shocked when that pregnancy test said positive. And I would just love to know About your hormone balance, like the company you've created and everything that goes into it, because I think this is a really, really up and coming focus for so many women out there and, you know, really just in general, the health industry.
0: Yeah. Well, my own little journey was that I didn't have kids till I was 37, and I had my second daughter when I was 41. So I, and and yet I was one of the first in line in the sixties for birth control because I wanted to live with my boyfriend in college. Your listeners can tell how old I am. I'm definitely in menopause ladies, (laughs) but, um, You know, we started, my generation started on the pill when it was really potent, strong stuff. And I remember using it, and all I did was cry all day long. (laughs) I could, I never Mm -hmm. could stop crying. And then my skin, which had always been great, broke out in horrible acne and i'm still dealing with some of the scars of that but you know we were all like willful blindness this is great we get to we'll put up with anything to be able to have control over our fam you know plan our families and delay pregnancy so i certainly did that for a long time until i felt i was ready at 37 and then sure enough i had a miscarriage a terrible miscarriage in the middle of a department store in Paris, France, which was another story. But it's just that so many oh years gosh. on, so many years on birth control um, had, you know, reduced my uh, ovarian function to the point where it was hard to get those hormones coursing again that you need to have a full, full-on pregnancy. Progesterone being the main, major hormone that you want to have plenty of when you're ready to get pregnant. And it takes a while after being on birth control to get those ovaries to wake back up and make enough hormone for you. But it can be done. It's just that, you know, as you said, some women, as you did, go for a good year, sometimes more without getting their period back if they've been on birth control. And I think you're right saying your generation is probably the first to use it for so long in such an uninterrupted fashion i've talked to women that have been on it for 15 20 years um, mm-hmm. and and that's you know that's really has to be a consideration when you if if anybody who's listening wants to practice conscious conception it is a good time to, to come off the birth control and give yourself a year know what to expect you know if you've been because what does birth control do it shuts down ovulation And ovulation is when naturally, you know, ovulation is when we make progesterone. Ovulation is absolutely necessary, obviously, to pop that egg and have it go off down the fallopian tube in search of the friendly sperm. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have that action going on. And um, you mentioned you had Alyssa Vitti on at one point. She has a wonderful book, Woman Code, which I'm sure your listeners have heard, but Chapter 7 Feeding Your Fertility is a really important one. And another book I should mention, Jolene Brighton, Dr. Jolene Brighton, Beyond the Pill, is another great one for women who are like you, had been on birth control for a while, are now considering, you know, getting married, considering getting pregnant. Um, Jolene Brighton has a whole detox program for coming off birth control and reinstating normal hormone production so that you can have, get your period back and have a healthy, happy pregnancy. So you want to right. trade oh, you. Think, think, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs>
1: I was just I was gonna, gonna, gonna say, say thankfully, thankfully there, there are so there. many resources right now out there that are like sharing this type of information and it's becoming a focus. But I would love and as you mentioned, Elisa Vitti is incredible. And I'll link the other book that you mentioned because I have heard great things about that as well. And I think a lot of women feel like and I don't mean to generalize, but I do think a lot of us are like our periods are gone and I have no idea what to do. And I don't know what that means, but like everyone else is kind of going through this. So do I do something or like, Oh, my hormones are out of whack, but we don't know what that actually means. And I, I think what you provide this testing, which I would love for you to speak about is really helpful because so many of us feel, I think so overwhelmed and confused and like, there aren't any answers. And I know that's at least how I felt. So I would love to learn more about kind of the company you created to help assist with this?
0: Yes. And I I just realized when I was talking before you had asked me a question, I didn't even answer about your hormone balance. That's a little Our my online consulting and testing program, which is um, really helping quite a few younger women who want to become pregnant, become pregnant, get their periods back, etc. But I I started it because uh, I had worked in the hormone testing I worked at a huge hormone testing lab in Oregon for 12 years as their director of education. So I've seen thousands and thousands of test results, um, hormone test results, and that gave me a unique background in in this field because I worked with uh, biochemists and integrative and functional medicine practitioners and compounding pharmacists just when all of this was really taking off when awareness about hormones and the fact that there's such a thing as a hormone imbalance was just starting to percolate. This was in the early, right around 2000, um, and there were different people who started spreading the word, like Dr. John Lee, who wrote What Your Doctor May Not Tell You About Menopause, that hormones were powerful, was, were powerful, potent chemicals that really rule our emotional, mental, and physical functions, and that we need to know that there are, you know, a lot of women living with symptoms of hormone imbalance don't even know that they're symptoms. They just think that, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in a bad mood all the time. I always have the worst PMS. I've always had the most terrible periods. I have to stay home from school, or my periods are irregular, or, you know, I've, I can't lose weight around my belly, um, you know, just being depressed or um, having harder issues like endometriosis to deal with uh, or fibroids or PCOS. These are all symptoms of hormonal imbalance that a lot of women have just lived with for years. And and many women are on birth control. Birth control is one of those causative symptoms. Um, Issue, you know, one of the causes of, of some of the worst symptoms of imbalance, because as I was saying, you know, it shuts down naturally occurring hormone production. And so many women, mm-hmm. it's over 52% are on birth control, not for contraceptive purposes. They're on it because they have acne or heavy periods or terrible PMS, all of which are hallmark symptoms of a hormone imbalance. So knowing that you can test, there is a simple test. I'm in the saliva camp. Um, and I learned about saliva testing when I was getting my own hormones tested. I mentioned I had kids when I was late. And when I went into my perimenopause years, which was in my mid 40s, that sort of happens in the mid 40s. And your moods start to shift and you feel like you're on a roller coaster all the time with hot flashes and night mm-hmm. sweats. I had two little kids and they were so afraid of me because my moods were constantly changing, and I'd be screaming and yelling at them for no good reason. Those poor I'm so glad I got a handle on this, really, because I, 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 I remember just, the years when my mom went through it. Oh, lots of yeah, I, I think I talked to so many young women that say, oh, my mom needs to talk to you. But I just always say that I remember the day when I looked at Ryan, and she was about she was, I think, five, and she was looking at me like she didn't know who I was, and she had tears in her eyes, and it was just, I just thought, okay, Candace, you've been a health educator for 25 years. You can get a handle on your own issues, and that's when I found out there's such a thing as a hormone imbalance, and there's such a thing as a test that you can, you know, you can, you can test your levels non-invasively in saliva. That's what I use because that's the medium I am most familiar with, but it's also one of the most effective ways for measuring stress hormones and active hormone levels. So I just decided after I left my world at, you know, the corporate world of being a, an executive, I mean, granted, I was in education at this hormone testing lab. I learned a ton, but I realized I never was talking to women. I, was, I wasn't getting to talk to the women that we were helping. Um, and so I decided to start my own testing consulting Uh, online, what would I call it, practice, because I wanted to be able to help women understand their test results, take them through it, correlate the, you know, the results of each of the hormones we test to the symptoms they're experiencing, and then help them through natural means, um, restore their, you know, restore their hormones to a balance that they, that makes them feel like themselves again. So it can be done. (laughs) It can be evidently,
1: and it's so important. And I think exactly what you said is what I experienced like all of these symptoms. I definitely had hormonal imbalances, but I was just taking it as oh, I'm just a really anxious person and I have mood swings, and my belly has always been an area that carries, you know, the extra weight on my body that is never seeming to be lost. And Mm -hmm. I think the rebalancing aspect of stress hormones is so important. And I think so many of us, especially in 2020, are overstressed um, constantly. You know, I talk a lot about my anxiety on here. I am a pretty anxious person. I do a lot to help try and manage that. Um, But it still Mm -hmm. is a very active player in my daily life. So Mm -hmm. can you kind of talk us uh, through just in general, like the concept of stress hormones, and then how rebalancing those can help improve so many aspects of our lives.
0: You know, I have to say, almost everyone that I'm talking to these days is particularly anxious. If if anxiety wasn't mm-hmm. already an issue, it's definitely an issue now. Um, certainly, that you know, we we look to the obvious, our our pandemic and our politics and. <laughs> you know, and being shut in and now new restrictions. And yeah, that is all very anxiety making. Um, But what's really going on is that, you know how sometimes when we all get too stressed, we don't take care of ourselves as we should. We, We tend to overeat or drink too much or um, you know, get sedentary, don't feel, don't have the motivation to to do the things we need to do to feel better and to actually balance our stress hormones. So the stress hormones, what we call stress hormones, cortisol, are made by the adrenals. Um, and the adrenals are the, you know, the famous little pyramid-shaped glands that sit on top of the kidneys, and they're producing fight-or-flight adrenaline if we're running from the Taliban or a forest fire. But on mm-hmm. an everyday basis, 24-7, we wake up in the morning, and there's something called the cortisol awakening response. It is that this hormone cortisol, which the adrenals make all throughout from morning to night, um, has to be at certain levels or we want it to be really high in the morning. You know, we, we should wake up feeling rested. Um, melatonin, the sleep hormone has gone down and cortisol has come up and we should wake up in the morning feeling rested, ready for our day. And then when we test cortisols, by the way, we test them four times throughout the course of one day to see are our stress hormones helping us respond to stress properly and keeping up our energy levels as they should. So we look for a high level in the morning and we look for that curve to gradually drop throughout the day to the lowest point at night for calming and sleep. But so often I see these these patterns are reversed where cortisol levels are lowest in the morning and they're high at night. So that's kind of the tired but wired scenario that you see Mm -hmm. with people. And so many people will say to me, well, I don't understand why are these hormones called stress hormones and why if my stress is out of the box, which it is now, I should think my hormones would be off the map, that these levels would be high. So they're called stress hormones because cortisol is actually helping the body adapt to stressors by, by producing enough Cortisol to meet our energy demands, so if we consider stress can be a vigorous workout that 's stress on the body the the body the adrenals then need to pump out extra cortisol to deal with that that super vigorous workout that we have every morning. The adrenals are taking they 're regulating the nutrients that we take from our diet that become blood glucose, which is fuel for the body, fuel for the brain, and they 're regulating that input of nutrient and creating energy out of it. So they're regulating the blood sugar insulin relationship all day long. And that response is going up and down depending on the amount of demand that we have. And demand is anything from, like I say, over-exercising ex- over can really deplete the adrenals. I see low adrenal cortisol levels in women that exercise way too much. A lot of women are over over-exercising because they're desperate to lose that belly fat. And what happens, but the the adrenals will actually hang on to to belly fat if there's extremes going on to lose it, because it's kind of perceived as a a stress response by the adrenals. Well, let's hang on to some of this because, Mm -hmm. you know, she, and, and then there's, um, you know, all the symptoms of adrenal stress are things like waking up in the morning not feeling rested. Even if you've slept 10 hours, you still could crawl back into your bed or you have a really hard time getting out of bed. Um, that, Belly fat around the waist is a result of prolonged or heightened stress that has caused the body to hold on to that fat as a fuel reservoir to power you. That's what the body wants to do. The adrenals job is to give you energy. Stress comes from, um, stress upon the adrenals can come from, uh, you know, obviously great careers. It can be good stress. It can be great career success great, um, you know, having wedding, well, before COVID, it was destination weddings and being <laughs> crazy busy, overbooked, overcommitted, too much going on, all the way to, you know, acute things like accidents, injury, or unresolved issues, like a conversation you need to have with your mother-in-law or a relationship, or just things that kind of steady drip, drip, drip of things that pile on to the point where we start to feel overwhelmed And like our life is not our own and stress is taking center stage. And every time I talk to women who have low cortisol levels, which have, were probably much higher at one point, but have over time and under pressure dropped to underperforming adrenals, they, they always say, I'll ask them what's been going on over the last two years. Well, Let's see, I got married, my mother died, my father was in an accident. There's always something that's been going on for a good two years before somebody has really experienced a drop in energy levels and and adrenal stress issues, which also come with allergies and asthma and migraines and lower libido and uh, you know, getting sick often and not bouncing back like we should. So when I see low or flatline adrenal levels, I really have to talk up, you know, the fact that the adrenals are the arbiters of our immunities as well. And we do want to give them tender loving care all the time and especially during a virus like the one we're dealing with now.
1: Absolutely. That was A, so informative, but B, also just so relatable to my past when I've kind of now unpacked it because for me, a mix of so many things, but what you mentioned of like a lot of things happen at one time Mm -hmm. and then you feel that extreme adrenal fatigue a little bit later. And for me, that was, I was working in sales and trading on Wall Street, so a very high intense job. There we go. Another great example. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it was great, but so intense and so stressful. And at the same time, I was starting my account, this Freckled Foodie on the side. It was a passion project, but I was doing cooking stuff all weekend long, waking up at 4.30 in the morning to make sure I could get stuff done before work. Like insane, insane, not sleeping enough. On top of that, working out so intensely and obsessively, specifically cardio focused, Mm
0: -hmm. planning
1: a wedding. And then I ended up, I also got hit by a car and suffered from a very bad concussion. So there was just, and then left my job to do this full time. So that like two year window was so intense for me that I remember after, I want to say like six ish months after quitting my job, I felt like my body was just like shutting down. There was so much going on and I, I went and saw a woman, Dr. Beth Fergosh, who I, I have talked about and had her on this episode before, and she does nutrition response testing, and she was like, your adrenals need so much love. Like, what have you done to them over the past two years? I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, where do we begin? Yeah. and. It really, it has lasting impacts. And I think something that you mentioned that I I wish more people would take seriously is the over-exercise because I think we're finally entering a phase where people are valuing rest days and slower workouts. But we were in such a you know, and no shade against these workouts because I do love some of them. But like you had to go to Barry's every single day to be fit. You had to go run all these half marathons, like so much high intensity cardio. And that, that was all you should and could do. And I think we're finally kind of distancing ourselves from that mentality. But I think a lot of my community was at one point, potentially still is, wrapped up in that. And We're suffering from the circumstances and the consequences of it.
0: Well, I think one of the most important points to make, too, is that we want to ovulate to to be able to produce hormones. You know, first half of the cycle is all about estrogen, growing that egg in the ovary, and thickening the blood-rich lining, the endometrium that we shed as a period— then the second half is all about ovulation. We want to ovulate to produce progesterone, which then balances the actions of estrogen because estrogen is a growth hormone, which if it gets out of hand starts growing things, you know, it was, we don't want it to start growing cysts and, and we don't want it to be thickening the lining to such an extent that we have heavy, horrible, painful periods that may turn into endometriosis at one point. But, um, the idea of ovulation is, is so important. It's not an idea. It has to happen. That's when progesterone is produced. And anything that disrupts ovulation is the area we need to really think about. So when you talk about overexercise, if it's extreme and it's not balanced by low intensity, it's all high intensity all the time, then that is a great disruptor of ovulation. Um, as, as is Mm -hmm. a lack of protein, you know, another thing that I've noticed in, in the younger generation, millennial generation with the extreme workouts, which I agree with you, people are getting a handle on that. And they're saying, you know, I was exhausting my body and exhausting myself to the point where I had no tolerance for anything. And, and, you know, couldn't, couldn't sleep enough and couldn't, was getting sick more often. People have started to notice that. But there was a period of time, I'd say up until right up to COVID when people were just overdoing it, burning the candle at, at both ends. And it just, at some point, will take its toll. And one of the first things to go is ovulation and you know proper hormone production. And then you get these highs and lows. You get highs of estrogen because progesterone, I should mention, is, um, is absolutely needed for adrenal function. We were just talking about adrenal stress. The adrenals have to maintain their output to keep us going no matter what we're doing they should be staying within that normal curve they shouldn't be wonky and all over the place and one of their source materials is progesterone well if progesterone is made upon ovulation and we're not ovulating then the adrenals go wanting and they're struggling to 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 make enough cortisol to power us through our day So that's when we start to, you know, that's when things start to go south and when we start to feel like I just don't have the energy I used to have. Why do I have this constant belly fat that won't go away? I used to always be able to lose weight and now I can't. You know, exercise is great. Cardio is great as long as you balance it with all those good things like a nice, brisk walk outdoors in nature whenever you can get out there as much as possible, like yoga, like Pilates, like swimming, you know, low-impact exercise, stretching that releases tension that we hold in our muscles. We don't want to hold on to tension. That, that is more pressure on the adrenals to perform and produce right. more cortisol. And after a while, they just give it up. So, you know, I, I am concerned about some of the levels I'm seeing in people, especially now during COVID. And I, if anything, I think your listeners need to listen to you more about eating, you know, eating those good nutrient based proteins and good fats, whole grains, um, you know, getting the building blocks of, of hormones into your diet, especially the good fats and proteins. So, if you're vegan or vegetarian, be sure that you're getting a good protein smoothie or, you know, learning how to combine your, your proteins properly so that you get the complete proteins because that can be a missing as well. And then there's exposure to chemicals. We need to avoid some of the xeno endocrine disruptors in our makeup and household cleaners and in our food, you know, the, the, the hormones that are shot mm-hmm. up into the meat and dairy that we eat if we 're not on to the fact that we need to look for hormone free and organic and grass fed there 's a lot to know, but you know it 's not impossible to learn it that's my that 's my mission in life to just keep putting out this information and with my daughters we 're doing a pretty good job of creating a newsletter with your hormone balance and an action plan that people get when they test with us to really help inform people about you know, what, what's an imbalance? What are the symptoms? How do you test for it? And now, what can you do once you find out if, that you have an imbalance? What can you do to move forward and feel better?
1: Yeah. And, you know, even your Instagram page is incredibly informative and helpful and has p- product recommendations and product swaps. And there's so much information out there. And I think it's really easy to be overwhelmed. But I think finding people like you are incredibly kind of calming in a sense of like, okay, I can follow what she's saying because she gets it and she can lead me in the right direction. Yeah, Like if I'm just (laughs) endlessly Googling, right? If I'm endlessly Googling, it's a spiral and I freak out. And I'm just selfishly curious, would it ever make sense to do a hormone test while you're pregnant or no? Because everything's just so out of whack.
0: Um. Probably not because, yeah, because you're, it's not that you're out of whack. You're going to have all your levels are going to be really high. Hopefully your, your progesterone is going to be extraordinarily high now as it should be to keeping that embryo happily embedded in the womb and your estrogen levels, everything should be, you know, at, at optimal levels. And so we expect that it's after you're pregnant, you know, once you've given birth, that's when it can be tricky. So you, you know, that's when, um, all that progesterone that that baby is swimming in. It's progesterone, by the way, that keeps the baby asleep in the womb. And that's one of the reasons progesterone is great for helping people sleep, which is another form of terrible stress on the adrenals, lack of sleep. So um, Mm -hmm. people who are really low in progesterone can really advantage themselves by using a little Chaseberry Vitex, which helps to produce natural progesterone or a little progesterone bioidentical cream itself. But what was I saying? I'm having a menopausal moment here. What was I saying before that? (laughs) That's okay. Uh, You were saying
1: I should well, basically, I had asked about getting tested while I was pregnant, but I definitely want. I'm going to after. call you up right after yeah, the delivery well,
0: and be like, "I need to. T- I want to test my. Yeah, because it's it's kind restore. of the classic thing. Baby out with the bathwater. All those hormones are, you know, you're just in a surplus of hormones, and then once you give birth, they all go. And that's when women who have you know not been eating for eating nutrient rich foods and being sure to take you know get enough B vitamins in your diet and the fats and the proteins if they've if they've had a, a poor diet throughout pregnancy are very apt to have experience some baby blues or maybe even some postpartum depression, and people that have those symptoms definitely should test to see. You know what's going on? Are my hormones so low that I actually need to replenish for a while to get myself back in in business, or or what? Or even you know uh, some if you're planning to breastfeed, breastfeeding you you need to um, you need to test after you have finished breastfeeding. That's, okay. Yeah. If you, I, I assume you're I probably going to breastfeed, I'm yeah. So I, I would, would suggest, like
1: to. Yeah. If I'm able to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so I'll be calling you after all of this. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this was so incredibly informative for everyone. And obviously, you know, I'll link the kit and everything and we'll have a discount code for you guys. Um, but I do, I know we've touched on food a little bit, but the way I close the show is my favorite question to get to know anyone. And I'm always curious everyone's answers, especially someone like you, who's like focused in a specific field. What would be the three ways to your heart through food?
0: Um I think I you know I I think really making food for your family with love thinking about getting all the the good nutrients into a meal the fiber the fat the vegetables and the proteins and then having someone make food for me you know the reverse me yeah. making food with love for my family or my husband and making and having the same happen on the reverse having them make good food for me and then also just kind of the the kind of food that warms the cockles of your heart you know the kind of good foods homemade recipes that that maybe your mom used to make for you like in my case it was swedish meatballs fricadella <laughs> so you know mm-hmm. things that make make you feel happy not not hopefully they're healthy foods but you know the, the kind of comfort foods you associate with with good gatherings and time spent, quality time with family and friends, which is something that I think is even more comforting now, just the memory of that. And at the moment when we can't get together with everybody, maybe it's a good idea to whip up something that made you feel happy. Like yesterday, pears have been in season. So I made some almond flour, pear, cherry, scones. And I know everybody's baking, Yum. but they had hemp seed in them, and lots of fiber, and fresh fruit, and you know the not the almond flour. So, and they were they have been delicious. I just gave some to my 95 year old neighbor Audrey, and I hope she's eating them right now. I'm looking at her house as we speak. <laughs> she's probably in there that heating them delicious. up. Delicious. Yeah, but I think it's it's, it's that a funny.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And someone once said like it's food that hits you in your kid spot and. My pregnancy cravings and aversions, it was so weird for me because, as some for someone who loves food so much, I was disgusted by legitimately almost everything i couldn't even think of eating but i was wow. hungry 24 7 so it was very difficult but the things that i craved very specifically were things from my childhood it was like a very specific uh, one random thing was we have my family we always had this i'm not armenian but this armenian string cheese always at our house and like i joke that if you ever if you knew me growing up like you know this cheese it was just everywhere all over my house mm-hmm. if there was a party or an afternoon snack and all i wanted was like that cheese and crackers and to me it was the only thing that made me happy like yeah. it was so took me back to my childhood and it was all i wanted so i think there's huge sensory Connection with food. I'm actually feeling it now with even foods that I ate during my first trimester that I can't look at because it reminds me of feeling sick. It's, like, it's so interesting. It's so intertwined, but it is so. I'm so grateful. It's so, it's so intertwined. Um, I'm so grateful for you coming on here. And for everyone who's listening, I want you, it'll all be linked, but everyone go check out Candace's Instagram, Your Horm- Hormone Balance. And then also for some of my, listeners who are potentially about to go through menopause or going through menopause. She also co-hosts a podcast called WTF, Women Talking Frankly, addressing health and hormone issues for women facing menopause. So everything will be linked in the show notes, but I so appreciate you taking the time to come on here and chat with us.
0: Yes, I'm I'm happy to always happy to just spread the word that there, you know, hormones rule and there are such things as imbalances and you can get a handle on it and you can get your hormones back in balance no matter what your age. Um, women in menopause are you know they've got another third of their lives to go so it's it's not a time to give right. up it's a time to move forward and see what you can do to you know go into that third act with all your powers about you so so thanks for mentioning the podcast and i I hope uh, a lot of your listeners will go to our website your hormone balance because we've got a great symptom quiz on there and you can take that symptom quiz and see if you're likely to have an imbalance and then if so that's where you can get you can move on and get, you know, sign up to get tested. And and then you'll talk to me, we'll talk about your results, and then you'll get an action plan. And then everything will be right with the world, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Once we get our hormones in check, everything will just work out. Yes. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you so Cameron. Much. Stay safe and healthy. And I will chat with you soon.
0: Happy pregnancy.
1: Take care. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I found it incredibly informative and helpful. And obviously, I'm extra interested in hormones right now just because they have sent me through a motherfucking roller coaster ride with this pregnancy. And I really, really want to do the stress hormone test, like post pregnancy and breastfeeding and all of that, because I would be so interested. I would love for my mom to do it, but I don't actually know if it I don't know. I gotta ask Candace about that because of menopause. Either way, I'm just so interested in it and I think it's just such an interesting topic. Um speaking of hormones, I just have like so many pregnancy thoughts lately. I just like can't get over the fact that there is a human growing inside of me and that I soon will be responsible for an actual like living, breathing thing for the rest of my life. And I talked about this on my stories, but I go most of the time forgetting that at the end of this pregnancy, there will be an actual child. And I know that sounds so crazy, but I also got a lot of responses of people who are pregnant or have been pregnant and they felt the same way. It just feels like, okay, I'm things are changing, you know. your body's evolving, all this stuff, and you're excited. And then every once in a while hits me like, holy fucking shit, there's going to be a child at the end of this nine months. And I will then be responsible for a person for the rest of my life. And how the hell am I supposed to know what I'm doing? I feel like I know nothing. And I'm not wrong in that assumption because I actually know nothing. I was on the phone with one of my best friends who's also pregnant right now which is so fun and she's a few months ahead of me which has been so helpful and we were just discussing like did we miss some orientation pam- pamphlet that like women get when you decide you're going to, I don't know, like start trying because we just feel like we don't know anything. And I watch these women who are moms and somehow you just like fucking know what to do. And everyone's like, oh, it'll come to you. How will it come to me? How? How will I know what? Like, that's what's so terrifying to me. How will it come to me? How will I know what I need? like you know, simple things. Someone was telling me like, oh, this is the shampoo and body wash I use for baby. I'm like, oh my fuck. They need different shampoo and body wash. Like they need soft things and gentle things. Just the whole thing to me is such a different world. I still feel like a child. And so the fact that I'm not responsible for an actual child is not lost on me. And it terrifies the shit out of me. And then I also start thinking like, how the hell is this thing coming out of my vagina? Not to be graphic, but I saw a TikTok video of a, like, a dummy or whatever it's called. You know, like, not a cadaver, but one of those things that, like, doctors practice on. And they were doing a birth simulation. Oh, my God. I would not have actively searched for this. It came up on my FYP, and I hate TikTok for it. The head, like, kind of crowned. And then they just, the head popped out. And then they, like, rearrange the baby and yank it out shoulder by shoulder. And I'm like, what? How does this do that? And then supposedly go back to what it was. It can't. It physically, I don't believe that it can. I, that whole thing is just wild to me. Absolutely wild. And honestly, if it were up to me, I would have someone in the room recording the whole thing because I would want to watch it. But I just don't think that's allowed during COVID. And I also know that Joe would not do that for me. Um, So that's kind of where I'm standing right now with all things pregnancy, just like, what is happening? How am I going to do this? What the hell is about? Like, I just feel like my world is about to be changed and flipped on its head. And I don't, I think that assumption is right. However, a lot of people ask, like, what are you most excited for when I did unfiltered Q&A? And like, what are you dreading the most? I'm not dreading anything. I'm just terrified by the idea that I'm supposed to all of a sudden know what to do. But I'm so excited to see this like human that joe and i have created i think that's the coolest thing that like they will be a person in this world that has part me and part joe and i can't get over that i'm just so excited i really hope it has joe's eyes and eyelashes like well we're not having a girl but some girl in this world needs to be blessed with joe's eyelashes so but I, i still hope our son has them we are so Not prepared at all when it comes to even like baby names. So I don't want to even, we don't want to name him before he's born. Like I don't want everyone to be like, oh, is like, I I can't explain my sentiment around it. But basically, we want to have a few options when we go into the delivery. And then once he's born, be like, oh, it's XYZ. Like it just fits. I hope that moment hits me. I don't know. People say it does we shall see. Either way, I pulled you guys. Thank you so much for the recommendations. You actually sent in a lot of like my first option and like a few of the other ones and then some new ones that I'm definitely considering. So one of you may have potentially named our son and you will be able to claim that when he enters this world. And that'll be really (laughs) not exciting, but kind of cool. Um, also, a lot of people have been asking, like, when did I tell people I was pregnant? That's a question that's coming up a lot lately. So we found out we were pregnant on a Friday and we told our parents on Saturday. Like, I cannot keep anything in. It was so hard not telling all of you. If you expect me to talk to my mom 20 times a day, not tell her I'm pregnant, then you don't know me because there's no chance that was happening. It was hard for me to even make it in like just that day of Saturday or maybe we told them Sunday. I don't even remember. It was Saturday or Sunday, but I could not keep it in. Oh my God. So we told them and then we told my sisters on that Wednesday and then we told his family, like his siblings on that Friday. So Our entire family knew within one week. And I get that a lot of people want to wait until like the end of the first trimester. Personally, I wanted people there to support me while I was going through this. I also told my close group of friends between, I want to call it six to eight weeks. So most of my girlfriends knew by then. Um, For me, I need like... First of all, I talk about everything with the people who I'm close to. Second of all, like I wanted that support system and I'm so grateful that I had it because my first trimester was so difficult that I would have really struggled not having those people there to support me. And third of all, If something had happened, which I know is the fear, I think, of people not telling others before the end of the first trimester, like I would have wanted them there. Had I had a miscarriage, I would have told them anyway. There's no shame in that. And I would have wanted them to support me real time. So I felt like, of course, I want to tell them. I want them to support me now. And God forbid something happens. I want them to also be able to support me and know and be there for me and have that available support system. So I told people very early on, but I totally understand that it is to each their own. Okay, listener questions. Gifts to get significant others for holidays. Joe and I are more like experience style gifts, but we are getting a tangible asset, I guess you could say. Um, We jointly bought ourselves a Peloton. So that's like our gift to one another. But my favorite type of gift is experience. So Honestly, the thing I do for Joe almost every year is like a day in the, a day of Joe, quote unquote. And so, I mean, it's included all different types of things. Like it's included a sporting event. It's included a concert one time. Sometimes it's like, okay, you know, pre-COVID, let's go to your favorite workout class in the morning and then we'll get brunch at your favorite restaurant and then we'll like go for a walk around xyz place and then I got him a massage and then we had dinner at his other favorite restaurant like things like that I just love those types of gifts um and then did you give up CBD and weed when not not trying I'm in the same boat no I did not so I did not give up CBD and weed until the day I found out I was pregnant so I obviously was doing both when I had conceived I guess um because it was such a surprise. But I, I still don't think, I, I don't know. I don't think that would have changed if we were purposely trying. And then someone asked, how have you been feeling? Thank you so much. Um, I keep forgetting that like all of the weeks, I record myself every Sunday of like an update, but that's all going into my second trimester recap. So I forget you guys are getting that content live. You'll get it soon. Um, I'm feeling good. I am definitely way more excited about the fact that I'm pregnant second trimester compared to first, it definitely starting to feel a little bit more real. The other night I like started doing some registry stuff. And that to me was like, holy shit, this is actually happening. Um That like, and, and receiving a few things, like two of my best friends got me these matching roller rabbit pajamas for me and the baby. And just holding a piece of clothing that will go on his little teeny tiny body made it so real. Um, so that's how I'm feeling like mentally, physically. I definitely still have some symptoms that I am hoping go away. Um, I've had some random like days where I just throw up out of nowhere. I had a really bad, like 24 hour migraine this past weekend, and I'm still just a bit nauseous some days. I now have realized like I have to eat something right before I get in bed. And right after I get out of bed in the morning. So I made these like blueberry, banana, almond butter muffins just because I want something carby kind of and like that's going to sit and settle well and I have half like right before I go to bed and half right when I get up because I just need something in my system at all times and that helps with the nausea a bit, but I'm just – everyone keeps saying like, oh, by 16 weeks it'll definitely be gone. Well, people, that is a Sunday, so let's all mark our calendars because I'm waiting for that day where everyone promised me I would wake up and all of a sudden – It would just be gone, and I'd feel great, and it still hasn't happened. I mean, I definitely feel better, but I definitely don't feel 100%. So I'm patiently waiting. I'm also patiently waiting for that pregnancy glow. I think I have like peridermatitis or whatever it's called. I'm seeing a dermatologist, well, tomorrow, but when this releases, I'm seeing a dermatologist. I saw a dermatologist yesterday. Um, I'm curious what they're going to say because my chin, I've fortunately been blessed with good skin my whole life, and it's just like constant outbreaks and rashes and like dry red patches all over my chin. So I would love for that to go away. But otherwise, I'm feeling good. I'm really excited for the holidays. I'm just feeling very confident in my body, I guess is the word. Like I'm loving the changes and I'm just excited for it all. So that's my check-in. That's my little mini recap. I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, I think that's it for me. Have a great weekend. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, share it on your IG at FreckledFoodie at FF and Friends Pod. Let me know what you thought and rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff if you haven't already. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. It really means the world to me. It means more to me than you could ever know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please head over to wherever you consume your podcast and rate and or review the show. It not only helps the show's growth, but it really makes my day when I go through and read all of the reviews. If you aren't already, please follow along over on Instagram at Freckled Foodie for my way to action active channel and at FFN Friends Pod for more information on the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day and I can't wait to give you the next episode.